Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone's having an enjoyable Friday so far. And we are always kicking off the weekend in proper fashion with a little bit of news from the world of professional wrestling. The news cycle never, ever stops when it comes to pro wrestling. And this particular news really, really pissed me off. So I'm kind of in a mood. I'm in a good mood. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm off work. I got paid. Did a little thing with my financials. Did some laundry. You know, did you know? Did some things to you know get myself organized for the weekend and week coming ahead. But this particular topic is, without a doubt, a bigger issue for people. Who still see, you know, Vince McMahon as the kind of person to not only create moments, but can destroy those, you know, out of pettiness. We've seen many instances. I'm just closing my window, don't mind me. We've seen many instances of Vince McMahon being very petty in certain situations, albeit the most famous one being uh, the CM Punk uh, issue when he pretty much fired CM Punk on his wedding day. Um, even though CM Punk did walk out of the WWE um, prior to the Royal Rumble, um, just because you know he felt like he wasn't being booked properly, being probably taken care of in terms of booking. And we see other instances like Neville um, pretty much walking out of the WWE um, after. Um, being booked to drop the title, uh, the Cruiserweight Championship, to Enzo Amore, I believe it was last year, and we all pretty much know what happened with Enzo after that, but this one really, really made me want to throw shit, I didn't throw anything, thank goodness, but this comes from yesterday's article from Forbes Magazine, written by uh, Blake Ostriker. Vince McMahon is reportedly refusing to release Dolph Ziggler from his WWE contract. Now, take this article with a grain of salt. There have been con- uh, contradictory reports saying, you know, with Dave Meltzer saying that um, he hasn't even been released. He didn't ask for his release. But this is some news that really should make you think about, you know, WWE's movements going into the fall as we head towards October and, um, with SmackDown Live now going to Fridays. So let's get into this article, shall we? WWE has a tricky situation on its hands as Vince McMahon has reportedly reneged on an agreement to release Dolph Ziggler from his contract with the company. According to a report from Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, McMahon had agreed to let Ziggler out of his WWE deal following SummerSlam, but had a change of heart. This is a quote from the report. If I can actually properly know how to use my laptop. Jesus Christ, I am on failure mode today. Quote, according to a source in WWE that I spoke with this past Monday, was supposed to be Dolph Ziggler's last day with the company. I was told that there was a handshake deal in place between Vince McMahon and Dolph Ziggler and that Vince would let Dolph out of the deal following SummerSlam so that Ziggler could pursue his other projects, that main one being uh, his stand-up comedian career. On Monday, prior to Raw, Dolph approached Vince McMahon to thank him. However, it was then that Vince told Dolph 
and he could not let him out of his deal and that he would rather just pay him to stay home, end quote. Ziggler explained back in March 2019 that he had, had he had somewhat of a handshake agreement with WWE, but the official terms of the deal had never really been made clear. In fact, there have been all sorts of rumors and speculation about Ziggler's status with WWE over the past couple of years. It was reported back in early 2018 that Ziggler had signed a lucrative deal with WWE that would pay him a downside guarantee of $1.5 million, a number that would ensure he would be ranked among WWE's highest paid stars and one that many within the industry were quite skeptical of. Ziggler denied signing that massive deal and indicated that his deal at the time was set, soon set to expire. Ultimately, Ziggler resigned with WWE, report, which reportedly wanted to show off to transition to a role as a backstage producer. Ziggler, however, reportedly rejected that offer in January 2019, and the belief was that he would be gone from the company by the end of the month. But after nearly a month off of TV, Ziggler returned to the 2019 Royal Rumble match and lasted until the final three. Following the random appearance, Ziggler disappeared for nearly four months before returning to SmackDown in late May, igniting a WWE title feud with Kofi Kingston ultimately going on to lose to Kingston at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia the following month. Ziggler's sudden emergence in the WWE title picture was viewed as a last-minute plan that resulted from Kingston needing someone to beat amid reports that Kingston's originally planned Super Showdown opponent, Kevin Owens, informed WWE he would not be going to the show. That was due to the fact that Sami Zayn also had boycotted the event and uh, being the friend that he is, sided with Sami to not be a part of Super Showdown due to religious reasons, of course. We spoke about that in an earlier uh, podcast and you can find that, you can definitely find that on the um, podcast list uh, on the page itself, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Despite that loss, Ziggler retained his high-profile role on both Raw and SmackDown, but mostly was mostly used to put others over. He was squashed by Kevin Owens in less than 20 seconds at Extreme Rules in July before igniting a feud with Goldberg, who dismantled him in about two minutes at SummerSlam, and then laid a world-class beatdown on him following the match. The next night on Raw, Ziggler lost in relatively quick fashion to The Miz, perhaps a result of McMahon wanting to make the most out of Ziggler's unparalleled selling abilities by having him put over two popular stars on back-to-back nights. Indeed, freelance reporter Tom Callahue reported that Ziggler was chosen to face Goldberg mainly because the belief was that he could make Goldberg, never known to be a great in-ring worker, look better than anyone else could. And that is the report from Forbes.com. Now, let me see if I can find another article um, from something I was trying to check out earlier from T wnpnews.com report of course Dr. Dolph Ziggler denied release from WWE let's just see if anything else is different about this article Dolph Ziggler will have to sit home for the foreseeable future several sources from the wrestling media have reported that Dolph Ziggler has supposed okay was supposed to be finished with WWE after Monday's edition of Monday Night Raw and they have a tweet from WWE they're getting uh, his ass kicked by the Miz. The report includes. Report continues to say that t- told that a handshake deal was in place between Vince McMahon and Ziggler. Ziggler will be allowed to pursue other projects following SummerSlam. After Raw on Monday, Ziggler McMahon met and Ziggler was told he would be unable to be released from his contract and the company would rather just pay him to stay home. Ziggler has been on the losing end of the majority of his matches since his in-ring return at the Royal Rumble in 29- January 2019. 
Ziggler lost a series of matches to Kofi Kingston and more recently lost to Goldberg at SummerSlam and then lost to The Miz on Raw the following night. So, here's why I'm mad. If you reportedly had a, had a handshake deal with your employer to be released at the company the Monday following SummerSlam, you go to Vin, you go to your employer and tell them thank you so much for everything you've done for me in my career. I really appreciate you know the years we've had um, working together in this company, and I'll be seeing you soon. And your employer tells you, "No, I'm going No, that's not gonna work out for me. We're just gonna pretty much let you chill at the crib, and we're just gonna send you your paychecks." You would feel some type of way about it. Literally going to your job, you put your two weeks in. You're pretty much done with the company upon you know the last day of your second week you're about to start your new career or job or whatever you're going to be doing and then the company tells you they're not letting you go and it's letting you sit home you know which is kind of a weird flex but you kind of get the idea the fact that vince mcmahon is this petty to not be able to allow ziggler to just go off and pursue his other projects is just a shot in the fucking foot. Dude, it's, it's just, that's honestly, you know, why would you want to go back on your deal? Especially, I mean, for most people, a handshake means a lot, especially, you know, when you're being introduced, when you're, you know, leaving the company, you handshake from your boss, when you agree to anything. It used to be back in the day that a handshake agreement was pretty much law. You agreed to something, you both agreed to something, you shook hands, and you did what was necessary to be done to make sure both sides were happy with the deal. This is bullshit. Dolph Ziggler has been frustrated. He's a frustrated employee and he wants to go off to pursue other things. If, you know, if, you know, this continues. Why? I, I, I can sympathize with him given the fact that, you know, he's not happy with his situation. He's not happy with what's going on. He's not happy with what he's doing. He's not happy with being booked to lose. Especially to, of all people, Goldberg. This man is a former two-time heavyweight world heavyweight champion. This man has won multiple United States and Intercontinental Championships. He has vied for multiple tag team championships. With Jack Swagger and Biggie Langston. And you make a handshake deal after WrestleMania happened. And then the day you were supposed to leave, you were pretty much going to be done. You were Everything was good. You go to Vince, tell him to pretty much thank him for everything you've done. That, that you, you know, allowed him to be, you know, this character. Allowed him to work and travel the world and all this good stuff. And all of a sudden he tells you, nah, I'm going to take back. The, I'm going to renege on the deal and you can just sit at home. That is beyond disrespectful and actually a breach of somewhat, I mean, if you're just going off, you know, moral standard, a breach of contract, a handshake agreement. You shook hands on this, Vince. You shook hands and pretty much said, when SummerSlam is over and you fulfill your obligations, all is good. You can go off and do your thing and, you know, I wish you good luck in your future endeavors. Now, you have the balls to say... I'm just going to have you sit home 
and you can just, you know, collect the paycheck while you're sitting at home. And now we're going now we're back to square one. Now we're, we're you know, it just doesn't it just shouldn't come across like it just it's just disrespectful beyond belief. It's just so disrespectful. It's ridiculous for any person to just you know and and the fucked up part was, you know, Vince McMahon agreed to it. He was he was happy with, you know, with letting him go. He was happy to let him out of his contract. And then all of a fucking sudden, you just fucking say no thing. No, nah, no, nah, we're gonna, you know, you're not gonna be released. You're just gonna sit home and take and collect the paycheck. So now, so now pretty much he's gonna get. So now he can't do anything. He really can't do much. He really can't do a damn thing. Um, I mean, names like, you know, Luke Harper, the revival, you know, they've wanted out of their contracts. They didn't, they haven't wanted, they didn't want to, you know, be a part of this because they weren't, they felt they weren't being booked the way they should be, you know? And now we see once again, Vince McMahon being the pettiest man in the fucking room. As we go into the fall, this is probably the most important time of Vince McMahon's career in WWE, especially with, you know, AEW now making it, you know, coming back to TNT for the first time in almost two decades and starting Wednesday Night Dynamite or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Now we see him wanting to get his hands on NXT and mold it in his image. You know, given that he just got a two, he just got a 2.08 from last week's episode of Monday Night Raw, the go home episode before Monday Night Raw. And we're actually going to check out the Raw ratings this week for this particular episode. here see what I can find because I'm being very calm but I'm very pissed off so 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 the post SummerSlam episode I knew it was going to get a good bump it got a 2.73 post SummerSlam because uh, you know it's you know know, they're going to retain audiences to see what happened of course the return of Sasha Banks the return of King of the Ring and all that shit but that's all well and good. That's that's a thumbs up for you for getting the, the ratings back up. But it's uh, we already know it's gonna you know how they're gonna do in the weeks following. You know on the road to Clash of Champions. How Vince McMahon could be happy with the fact that he just screwed over Dolph Ziggler, pretty much fucked him over, and not letting him get out of his contract and leaving. You let Hideo Tommy leave. And he's prospering in New Japan now that he's part of Bullet Club. If superstars want to leave, there should be no reason why you can't allow them to go and pursue other things or go to other promotions. Or if they're not happy 
with what they're doing right now or with how they're being booked, there should be no fucking reason why they can't leave the company. Let them go and pursue what they want to pursue, Vince. Go ahead. Good girl. Let them pursue what they want to pursue. There is no need for them to stick around if you're going to have nothing for them. You're basically saying, I don't, he's basically saying to Dolph Ziggler, I don't give a fuck what you're going to be doing. You're going, you're not going anywhere. You can stay home and just collect the check until your contract is done. And we don't know how long that contract is going to be for. It could be a few months. It could be a couple of years. If I'm Dolph Ziggler, I'm pissed. I am way beyond pissed. I am not happy with what just went down. If anything, I lose respect for Vince McMahon because you agreed to this agreement. And instead of keeping to your word, because last time I checked, all a man has truly is his balls and his word decided to keep to not agree to the deal to not let me leave on my own accord and instead let me just stay home and collect a check there's other things i want to pursue let me pursue them i've done my time with the company there's nothing for me to do now i fulfilled all my obligations i lost to kingston i went i went to bat for myself to face Kingston and try to get the WWE Championship, and I lost. I then, uh, you know, got both to face Goldberg at SummerSlam and made him look like a fucking million bucks. And the day after SummerSlam, when I was set to leave, you renege on my deal? You mean re- you pretty much go back on the agreement? All he really wants to do is pursue a career in, as a stand-up comedian. That was his main thing. He wanted, to, he wanted to pursue a career and other things besides, I mean, I'm sure there's other things besides being a stand-up comedian, but he wanted to, that was his main thing that he wanted to pursue. He wanted to just, you know, make people laugh. And Vince McMahon is not allowing him to do that. Vince McMahon is being president fucking petty for no fucking reason. Let him go. You, We all know there's, that Dolph Ziggler has nothing left to do right now. We all know this. Ziggler's not even part. Ziggler's not part of the King of the Ring tournament. They really much haven't lined him up for anything in terms of feuds going forward for the remainder of this year. So why not let him leave? I find it very sad that a man like Vince McMahon, who could probably understand that, you know, like, hell, when John Cena started pursuing movies he let him do what he wanted Batista left on his own accord came back and still did Wrestlemania with Triple H welcome him back with open arms Kurt Angle same shit why is it that you know certain superstars can ask for their release and get it and others can't what's the deal I'm going to keep saying it. They, they, he knows in his heart of hearts, he has nothing for Ziggler to do going forward. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, I know nothing. He's got nothing for him. And this is the way he's going to go out. 
Vince McMahon is wrong for this. He is out of line. He's a lying fool. And he's a piece of shit for doing that. Think of all the superstars right now who are, who are thinking about asking for their release. The Revival, Harper. I'm trying to think of other ones right now. But there are a multitude of superstars who have asked for their release and got denied for reasons we will never probably understand or comprehend or ever find out. This is just the latest case of this. He's done a shit ton for the company in his years in the WWE. Former world champion, former United States champion, former Intercontinental champion. And all of a fucking sudden, the day he's he just he's ready to glow, ready to go, and leave and go off and do what he wants to do right off into the sunset. Maybe he'll return one day. You pull this shit. Vince McMahon doesn't have a heart, and it's and it's reasons like this that people want to see Vince McMahon out of the company for good. I want to see, like, seeing this, like, like I said, going forward, going into the fall, I have no hope for a WWE. I hope they, they, this falls in their fucking face. And now you just pulled it, you know, now you got another reason to not like Vince McMahon. For every positive he has, for every, you know, Bray Wyatt moment at SummerSlam that you have, you, you always get something from Vince McMahon that that does this shit. If I'm Dolph Ziggler, I have no respect now for Vince McMahon. I have none. No respect for him whatsoever because he backed out of a deal. You know. No, no respect. No sympathy, no respect, nothing. Screw Vince McMahon. He screwed me, I screwed him. So fuck him. This is episode 97 of Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. guys zach from the wrestling edition's podcast here and welcome to episode 97 of the young lions perspective so glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely friday afternoon and i hope you're enjoying your day your night your afternoon and your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast and as always i greatly and truly appreciate it nxt uk ladies and gentlemen is what we're going to be talking about on this today's episode i hope you enjoyed the opening segment of this podcast talking about Dolph Ziggler being denied his release from the WWE and we are you you know my thoughts about that so we don't get any more into that but I want to get into NXT UK man literally we are two weeks away from NXT TakeOver Cardiff NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff I should say I beg your pardon and they once again knocked it out of the park building episodes that are getting you invested for 
NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, and they are hitting it. They are in all cylinders at this point. I think now that we're getting into the home stretch of um, the build towards NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, that they are they're giving us their best. Same thing they did, same thing with NXT um, on the build towards TakeOver Toronto. They were giving you all the best that they can before TakeOver Toronto, getting you hyped, getting you invested, getting you excited for what's going to be coming down. And this week was no exception. I mean, of course, we had Flash Morgan Webster taking on Mark Coffey uh, in a, I guess, a Prove Yourself uh, matchup. Um, They're trying to get into the tag team title match at TakeOver Cardiff. Um, Travis Banks and Kenny Williams going one-on-one. The main event was pretty like the main one. Once we they announced the main event, Ilya Dragon, I'm taking on Cassius Ono. I was I knew we were gonna be in for a solid night of action. So let's get into the action. Starting off with Flash Morgan Webster taking on Mark Coffee. Again, like I said previously, this is this is kind of like earning their spot. This is basically going back to the promo that they cut a, a couple weeks. I mean, I'll say a week or so ago. Um, Zach Gibson, and he hit it right on the head. If you want to get into this tag team title match, you have to earn it. You have to earn your spot. When I was beginning in NXT UK, I earned my spot. When James Drake came to Blackpool, he earned it. When Gallus came to Glasgow in Scotland, they earned it. So it's time for you to earn your spot. And Johnny Saint pretty much thought the same thing. So in order for Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews to earn a spot on not just take over Cardiff's card, but in the tag team championship matchup, they had to earn their spot winning both of their matches. And with Mark Andrews facing Wolfgang, which I assume will probably be next week. And this matchup, Flash Morgan Webster taking on Mark Coffey. And to begin the matchup, fans were already in the corner for Flash Morgan Webster. They hate them some Gallus. And... They are certainly the, some of the best heels I've seen in the w, under the WWE umbrella. So they, t- they circle and tie up. Mark hit, immediately hip tosses Flash Morgan Webster down. But Flash Morgan Webster gets right back up. They circle again. Flash Morgan with the waist lock. Mark runs into the ropes, bucks him off. But Flash Morgan Webster comes back with the crucifix. Mark blocks it using his size and strength. But Webster somehow gets the sunset flip, goes to the cover, gets a one count. Mark blocking the takedown following afterwards. He then lifts Webster up, but Webster slips out of the hole. Mark ends up outside, jamming his leg in the process. Wolfgang asking for time for the referee, but Webster gets the slingshot. Mark gets in, though, with uh, Webster landing on his feet. Andrews keeping Wolfgang back, but Mark comes up, clobbering Webster down in the process. Ref's trying to keep the peace between uh, Webster, pretty much between all four men as Mark starts taunting uh, Mark Andrews on the outside. Mark throws Webster back into the ring, heads him into the corner. Webster kicks back Mark forearms and whips him hard into the turnbuckles, drags Webster up, hits a back suplex, hits the cover, and gets a two count. Mark continues on. Webster hit going for a half Nelson with a chin bar. Fans start singing again for Webster. He, uh, he fights up. Mark clubs him. Mark going for the full Nelson, but Webster slips down, gets out of it, counters the wheelbarrow, Mark counters with the wheelbarrow back into the full Nelson, slamming Webster down to the back, goes to the cover again, and gets a two-count. Coffee trying to get rid of him early on in this matchup. Let me see, make sure I'm not in the wrong 
spot because God forbid I am. So after the whole ordeal, Mark shoves him. Webster comes back with kicks to the bad leg. Throughout this entire early portion of the matchup, he was going for the leg early, trying to take out the base of Mark Coffey. After a couple shots to the leg, he hits a forearm, shoves Webster into the ropes, and Webster actually tumbled out to the floor. Andrews checking on Webster. Mark comes out. Andrews has to back off, but Mark, as Mark throws Webster right back in, he tells Andrews to get back. Out comes Webster diving on the outside into Mark Coffey. Puts Mark in and hits a springboard. Musso goes for the cover and gets a two count out of that. Mark dodges the knee, uh, but hits the but goes for the choke slam. Webster escapes it. Mark hits a knee and securities flash Morgan Webster into the ribs. Finally hitting the choke slam. One, two, but Webster kicks out. Fire fans are getting behind Morgan Webster. They are fired up. He goes to the corner. Mark trash talks Andrews before going over to the corner and going after Webster again. Webster, at this point, is on the apron. He fights Mark off with a knee trigger. Mark drops to the mat. Flashwood Webster goes up top, but Wolfgang goes for the distraction, and fans are booing. But that gave Mark Coffey enough time to get up. Clear of the swan time. Hits the cannonball, but Andrews hits the cannonball on Wolfgang. Mark clobbers Andrews in the process. Goes back into the ring towards Webster, but he gets caught in the cradle. One, two, three. Flash Morgan Webster defeating Mark Coffey to open up NXT UK. And they're halfway there. Halfway to getting on to the TakeOver Cardiff card in their hometown. Their home country of Wales. But can Mark Andrews repeat the same thing? Can he do it to get them onto the Cardiff card? That remains to be seen. I'm not sure if he'll do it this week. Next week coming up, I should say, or the week or the go home show. But either way, halfway there, Andrews has to be Wolfgang in order to ensure a spot on the Cardiff card. We get a backstage interview with Tony Storm as you as she responds to Kaylee Ray saying she knows all about Tony Storm. She says, "Oh, Radzi, Cardiff is coming. It'll be a big car- big party. You got your best suit." She says she's too excited to worry about Kaylee Ray. She says that Kaylee Ray says all sorts of things. Kaylee Ray, she stops for a second. Then she says, at TakeOver, I promise to be ready. So it was a very interesting mood from Tony Storm with Rodzi. Pretty much, uh, not saying it's confirmed that she knows all her stuff, but it's, it's something to think about when you face the person over and over again numerous times throughout your career. They get to know your mannerisms. What's going to be your, some, what's possibly going to be your next move? What's going to be this? How are you going to do this? So it's kind of, a, it, it is a cause of concern for Tony, the fact that, you know, it's kind of like in the NFL, when you're playing a division rivals, um, let's just go with a, a clear example, Browns Ravens, right? You play twice a year. From the first game, you kind of get an idea of what you know, what you have an idea of they're going to do in the second matchup. Um, if you lost to that team, you can try to figure out ways to beat them in the second, the second time around so that the result is, is a little bit different than it was with the first matchup. So, a little cause for concern, but I think she'll be ready for Kaylee Ray when it comes to TakeOver Cardiff in just a couple of weeks. So, we were about to have an interview with the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. He was uh, ready to speak about um, the card at uh, TakeOver Card when, out of nowhere, Rhea Ripley and Piper Niven just start beating each other up down the damn hall. 
they're pretty much not done with each other at this point and referees and security staff do what they had to do in order to keep the peace so like i said before this this feud is far from over and nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with seeing you know but I mean, Pipe, I mean, Rhea Ripley feels some type of way after losing to Piper Niven in their first matchup. And I kind of figured that this was going to be far from over. Um, this will definitely carry over into at least September, going possibly on into October, depending on how things go with booking. We get into Travis Banks versus Kenny Williams, especially uh, going into um, the Cardiff card. Uh, all spots are open at this point. Everybody at this point, especially... Um, Referring to the video package they had in last week's episode, where everybody was everybody's determination and was cranked up to eleven. They were trying to get do their best to get on the card of card. And excuse me, I had a little Annie Ann's uh, just a little bit ago. I was at the mall uh, taking care of some things, uh, mainly uh, pre-ordering WWE 2K20, uh, which will be coming out in October, and I am very excited to get that deluxe edition all day, every day. That's how you fucking do it. Anyway, getting back into it, it looks possibly that Noam Dar is gonna opponent is either gonna be one of these two guys, whether it be Travis Banks or whether it be Kenny Williams. So both make their entrances, get into the ring, the bell rings, and out comes Noam Dar. Typical Noam Dar. And, and like I said, these two want to be on the card, and it looks like either one of these guys are gonna be facing. Noam Dar at TakeOver Cardiff. Wouldn't, it's not a surprise. Either one of these guys, whether it be the rematch with Kenny or whether it be Travis versus Noam Dar, would be a great matchup on the mid card, on the lower card, lower portion of the card itself. So once he goes over to the commentary table to uh, join Vic and Nigel at the commentary desk to call the action, uh, they focus back on each other and they tie up. They go around. Banks gets the headlock. Williams powering out, starts speeding things up. He gets Williams on Banks gets Williams in a backslide, gets two count out of that, goes for the Lama, he's strolling, gets a two count out of that. Williams avoiding the kicks and stomps, going up and over, baits Banks in and gets the legs for a boss and crab, but Banks immediately powers him off. Williams staying on his feet as we have a standoff right after that first portion of the match. Banks goes for the headlock as Williams in a headlock power, but Williams powering out, going sideways, elbows Banks down to the mat, covers to the cover and gets a two count immediately. Banks going to the corner. Williams running and hitting a forearm smash, but Banks shoves the bulldog away. Banks tripping Williams up. Hits the shotgun knee. Only gets a two count out of that. Heavy, fast shots early on in the matchup. Williams checking his teeth as he is in the corner, making sure all of them are still in his mouth after that shot. Banks hits a chop on Williams. Fans start up dueling chance for both men. Banks kicking at Williams' legs. Hits a chop on him again. Williams staggering. Banks remains on him. Goes with a snapmare and a swift kick right to the back. Right to the back. Drops the knee, goes for the cover again and gets a two count. Banks keeping his cool. Has Williams in a face lock, but Williams hits the drawbreaker to get free. Hurdles and rolls Banks up immediately and somehow gets a two count. William Banks runs, but gets sent out by Williams. Williams runs towards the outside, but gets clear of the drop kick. Banks comes to back to dive onto Williams on the outside. Banks throwing Williams back in, climbs up top. Dum Dum steps to the back, goes for the cover, and gets a two count out of that. Banks puts William up. And as Dar saying, neither man is impressive. I beg to differ, but that's, you know, you being you, Mr. Dar. Banks going for the Kiwi Crusher early, but, can, but Williams actually countered it into a cradle. Gets a two count out of that, goes for the climax. Headlock driver. Which kind of looks like sort of a uh, the old version of John Moxley's Dirty Deeds, 
when he first came up onto the main roster back in the day and gets too Canada that. Williams staying on him, though. Williams hits a European uppercut. Banks, though, kicks the legs out, does it again. He, Williams blocking the next kick to chop and boot Banks, then runs into a super kick from Banks. Comes back with the time travel lariat. Banks is on the apron, hits a sp- and he gets a springboard elbow for his troubles. Williams then dives on the Banks, and Banks gets sent into the barriers in the process. Throws Banks back in, climbs up top, goes for the flying elbow, hits it. Goes for the cover. One, two. Banks gets out at two and a half. William reels Banks in. Banks blocks the driver. Runs into the turnbuckle. Stops. Hits the slice of heaven. Disaster kick. Then hits the Kiwi Crusher. And it was enough to give Banks the three count and the victory for Travis Banks. So, Buzzsaw. Travis Banks now looking to get some action on the Cardiff card. Dar starting to think maybe he was worrying. Even Big Joseph saying, you know, uh, he was pulling at his collar saying, uh, Vicky even asked him, hot around the collar there? He's like, no, 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 just a little hot in here. It's a little toasty. But we all knew, Noam Dar maybe he doesn't want the smoke for from Travis Banks. Banks getting taunted by Dar on his way out. Banks daring Dar to come over to do more than just talk. Dar says there's plenty of time for that. Tells him, good job. Good job in that match. All that good stuff. So it may be Travis Banks and Noam Dar going down at TakeOver Cardiff. We then have women's action. Isla Dawn taking on Nina Samuels. Two ladies I have not seen on NXT UK in a while. But it's really nice to see um, women's action besides, you know, Piper Niven and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray. And uh, Zaya Brookside, Ginny, Jazzy Gabbard. A uh, little few there. So, always good to see, you know, a little bit of action. And I like the fact that they follow the same model as NXT. Um, featuring lower, not, I wouldn't say lower tier talent, but just lower on, on the uh, ladder in terms of the NXT UK women's division at this very moment. So, this is a very interesting matchup as it may set up possible contenders for whoever comes out of Cardiff with the NXT UK women's championship. Um, me personally, I like both of these ladies. I really do. I like their looks. I like their style in the ring. They both can get down. Dawn with the kickboxing background. Always a plus, especially um, that she was trained by Aleister Black himself in kickboxing. So that's always a hell of an accolade you have on your resume. Nina Samuels is a great competitor. Um, especially now with the, with the whole Nina Samuels show gimmick becoming more prevalent in NXT UK and fans starting to get used to it. It's a really nice thing um, to see both of these two, like I said, on, on the card for this past Wednesday's episode. So let's get into it. So they tie up. Nina gets the wrist lock immediately. Dawn then bridges. Revert tries to, and spins to reverse the wrench. Very nice use of agility there. Nina endures. Dawn wants the shoulder of Nina. She spins but Dawn wrangles her down to the mat. Nina gets back up, hits the cartwheel to reverse the hold, and powers down. Dawn down to the mat. A little bit of thunders there. Nina starts dropping knees on Dawn's arm, goes for the cover, immediately gets a two count, surprisingly. Fans start rallying behind Dawn as Nina had put her in a straight jacket, straight jacket stretch. Dawn endures everything, but gets pulled back as she fights her way up. Dawn backs Nina into the turnbuckles and hits an arm drag to get her off. Nina then cartwheels through, but gets a drop kick for her troubles. Dawn gets the waist lock. Nina bucks her off. Dawn then shows her flexibility with a split. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am just a man. 
I am just a man who every once in a while enjoys a lady who can do a split and does a little uh, little wave there. I am just a man after all. Anyway, so after the split, showing off her flexibility, she actually rolls Nina up, gets a two count, but Dawn is right back on the attack to Nina. Nina gets a foot on the ropes, but Dawn puts her in the corner. Nina definitely trying to stay out of harm's way from Dawn. She throws, but Dawn gets thrown into the turnbuckles by Nina. She then swings a knee to Isla right in the back, goes for the cover, gets a two count. Nina keeping her composure. She's stomping down Dawn at the ropes. Nina then pulls Dawn against the ropes, lets up just a drop kick. Dawn down, goes for a cover again and gets a two count. She stomps Dawn, drags her up. For a drop toe hold, a very interesting drop toe hold. The way she did it was kind of interesting. It was kind of like a, uh, I wouldn't say like a, fl- it was kind of like a flatliner in a sense, but it was a very interesting toe hold. I, it's the little things with me that make me interested in matches like this. She then ties up the leg and goes for a, a death lock, adding the chin lock, working on the lower back. Dawn grabbing at the fingers, but Nina shifts then to a face lock. They start clubbing away at each other, with Nina pushing Dawn right into the turnbuckles, and, but runs into a boot as she runs at her. She then is the turnbuckles before getting caught in a Saito suplex. Dawn gets fired up, kicks away at Nina's legs, adding a couple European uppercuts, goes for the underhook. It looked like she was going for the butterfly suplex, but Nina fought out of it, gets the fireman's carry. Dawn escapes that, but and Nina's Nina down to the mat, goes for the cover, and gets a two count out of it. Nina powering down into the turnbuckles, runs in, only to be put on the apron. Nina ducks the punch, hits a roundhouse kick, and goes for the sling, sling, okay, I can't talk to this, I swear to God. Sling shot corkscrew splash. It's a very nice corkscrew splash that she can hit. Goes for the cover, one, two. Dawn kicks out at two and nine tenths, I would say. Nina's shocked for the fact that Dawn actually kicked out of that sling, uh, sling shot corkscrew splash. Nina then drags Dawn back up, fans rallying behind her. Dawn hits a roundhouse kick, goes for the half and half, right to the bridge, and somehow Nina Samuels kicks out of it too. Usually that's one of her main moves, her signature moves that she gets, puts away a lot of her opponents, but Nina Samuels kicked out of it. Fans continue to cheer her on though. She grabs Nina again. Nina holds the ropes to resist any, any attack by Dawn. Dawn trying to pry at her grip, referee counts, so Dawn has to let up at four. Nina then sucker punches Dawn right in the mouth. Goes for the fireman's carry. Hits the Nina Garoshi. And that was enough to put away Isla Dawn. A nice little matchup for the women's division here. There is no other way to explain it. I like the fact that um, they are focusing on the women as much as they can as we're in the lead up to take over Cardiff. Um, they're trying to build contenders. I mean, you got to think now. And I, I've, been, I've been mulling the idea of, of a top five or a top six in my head as to, you know, who would be like the top ladies of NXT UK's division right now. Of course, you got uh, Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray. Those are your top two right now in the division. But then you also have, you know, names like Jenny, Jazzy Gabbard, Zaya Brookside, um, Rhea Ripley, Viper Niven. Now you see Nina Samuels and Isla Dawn. So it's, so a lot of ladies are really jockeying for positioning in terms of the NXT UK women's division hierarchy. So it's a really... It's a little harder for me to actually put who put people where. As I say, I wouldn't put them in any order, but, you know, like I said, Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray are right now at the top of the division. That's that's how it is right now. They're the, they're the number one contender and champion going into Cardiff. Um, if you're going to the second tier, then you're looking at say, names like Ginny, Jesse Gabbard, Rhea Ripley. Then you have uh, Piper Niven and um, 
Zaya Brookside as your second tier, and then your tier below that would be the likes of Isla Dawn and Nina Samuels, uh, Danny Luna, and any of the other ladies that are going to be uh, Candy Floss um, going into that. So that's kind of your, like, I guess, like your tiers, how I see it right now. Um, just jockeying for position. Any lady, any woman can go up a tier, go down a tier. It all depends on how NXT UK is going to be booked going forward. But it's really nice to see that the ladies are definitely jockeying for position right now in the NXT UK Women's Division. So, after last week's matchup between Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey, um, they showed a video package of uh, the highlights of the matchup, um, how Joe Coffey hit Dave Mastiff right with a solid liver shot, brought him down, how uh, Dave Mastiff pretty much fucked up the ear a little bit on uh, Joe Coffey, and then the same thing with a punch to... Uh, Coffee on the outside that that pretty much made the other ear actually bleed, which was a pretty sick spot there. Um, Johnny Say and Sid Scala had something to say about these two in terms of their matchup because the matchup did end in a double countout. So after the events of last week, Sid and Saint felt Joe Coffee and Dave Massive need another match to settle in this feud once and for all. Sid Scala says that match will will take over at TakeOver Cardiff. But to ensure it has a definitive finish, Johnny Sane announces that it will be a last man standing match between Dave Mastiff and Joe motherfucking Coffee. And this, I, I like the announcement. I like the way they have booked this. Personally, oh, that was, don't mind me, y'all. But with with this, it it this is the kind of this is how you can definitely this is like when you book this. Take for example the two out of three falls match that WWE made rosters decides to do every fucking week because they have no other sense of just being complete retards and don't know how to book a two out of three falls match properly. If you want to have a two out of three fucking falls match that is proper, I say take over Toronto one between the DIY and the revival for the NXT Tag Team Championships, and you'll see a very very proper. Two out of three falls match. If you want to see another two out of three falls match, go back to TakeOver New York between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and refer to this past TakeOver Toronto 2 between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano again. Just going to put it out there. You want a full-on proper two out of three falls match? Refer to NXT because usually um, they got their shit proper knowing what a proper two out of three falls match is supposed to be. This next video package was, I think, was pretty fucking cool. Um, NXT sharing footage from Walter's training. Now, we all know, if you're a fan of Walter, if you're a fan of WXW, um, or any part of German pro wrestling as a whole, you do know that Walter is not only a, pretty much a, uh, a wrestler within the promotion, but he's also one of the head trainers of the WXW Wrestling Academy. Uh, it's pretty much the home of uh, his intense preparation. He was pre- uh, preparing for the WWE United Kingdom Championship match, putting the uh, training through the next generation of European superstars. Um, and they're all- and he's making sure he's, t- he's... And I like how they did this. He was making sure they all understand the proper form of training for everything. Stretching, taking bumps, entering the ring. Um, you know giving them pointers and giving them the eggs like do it like this don't do it like that um and then after and this is the part i fucking love this is fucking awesome he asked all of his uh he has the ladies train uh trainees lineup he asked them what are you doing this for 
to goof off and have fun? If so, go to England. This is a professional wrestling school. None of you belong here if you're going to mess around. So he grabs one of the trainees and tells him, give me a European uppercut. But they're not good enough. He tells them to do it again. It's another one. Dumbs it. Do it again. Ethan, he felt it wasn't good enough. Chops him down right to the mat. Just chops the shit out of him and chops him down to the mat. Grabs the next trainee. And then he says, you remind me of someone. Are you Tyler Bate? You the big strong boy? Hit me. Hit me. Walter gives the, and then he gives the trainee European uppercuts. He starts slapping him. He says, hit me. He hits him over and over again to no effect whatsoever. Chops him right down to the match. He stands on the young man, foot to the throat, and makes him say, my name is Tyler Bate. He says it. He says, see that, Tyler? If the real Tyler Bate is man enough, meet me face to face on NXT UK next week. That is an intense fucking video package right there. And it was announced by Johnny Saint that Tyler Bate will be face to face with Volter next week on NXT UK. Just two, literally a week before NXT UK TakeOver. This ain't no contract signing, folks. This is face to face. And this could lead to some crazy shit going down just a few as a week or so before NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. I'm telling you guys, these aren't just building episodes. Well, they are, but they are building episodes that have you invested because they've been literally building this for, I'd say, close to two months. If you want to get really technical, I'd say for at least the last month and a half. And they've been doing this properly. NXT UK, honestly, in my opinion, is very underrated because a lot of people, A, don't know about it. Either A, don't know about it, B, don't care to watch it, or C, just don't have the time to do so. But they do follow, they may follow NXT. But I'm telling you, seriously, watch NXT UK. Watch these guys. I guarantee you, you would love Volter. You would love British uh, Strong Sal. You would love, you know, Imperium, Gallus, Mark Andrews, Flash, Morgan Webster. You would like, you would like this stuff. British Strong Style is not just a freaking tag team, man. It is a fucking way of life in the UK and they go all out and I guarantee come take over Cardiff in two weeks time two weeks from literally tomorrow or, or less than two weeks whenever you actually check this episode out they are going to show the best of what the UK has to offer what I should say European wrestling has to offer if you're just a person who loves just the main roster shit do you boo boo by all means whatever but if you're a fan of you know, NXT, and you haven't watched NXT UK yet, start watching these episodes and get yourself prepared because NXT UK TakeOver is going to be wild as shit. Just that, off that alone, if you watch that, you want, you'll want to watch next week to see what Tyler Bate and Volter are going to do. Main event time here on NXT UK. Cassius Ono, the wrestling genius himself, going up against the undefeated Unbisigbar, Ilya Dragunov. This is a matchup I actually wanted to see. This could be on a takeover card for the UK. This literally could have been a takeover card, and we're getting it on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. Or if you subscribe now, you get a whole you get a whole month free, and you actually get through. You get you're gonna get takeover UK Cardiff. You're gonna get NXT UK takeover Cardiff, and you're gonna get Clash of Champions. Shameless plug. 
I don't like to do shameless plugs, but hey, if you if you want to watch NXT UK Takeover Cardiff, trust me when I tell you, you want to get it for the free. Nah, nah, nah. Anyway, this was the the one reason I wanted to see this matchup was because one, I love me some Kashisonga. Two, I love me some Ilya Dragunov. And three, I knew these two were going to go at it the second the bell rang. And they did not disappoint at all. And surprisingly, Ono's getting a lot of love in the UK, man. Um, they really dig Ono over there in the UK. And he's been there plenty of times. Nigel McGinnis pointed out that he trained with Johnny Saint. He's trained with Robbie Brookside. Um, so he's well known in the UK scene already. So it's not like he's just some random dude that just came over and started making a name for himself. He's been there. He's been doing some things for the UK scene as a whole. And as for that, they, he's earned the respect of the UK fans. So let's get into it because this is a little bit of... This is actually a longer match than I expected it to be. So the two circle and Ono stays away from Ilya for a moment. He's not... He, he's wanting to smoke, but he's going to take his time while doing it. It's high up. Ilya backs Ono up into the corner. Ono lets off. Ilya grins as he walks back. They tie up again and end up in the ropes. Things turn... He turns things into a Cobra Clutch. Ilya prides his way out of it, though. Fans start rallying behind Ilya as he gets a waist lock to a headlock into a cravat hold very quickly. Um, Ilya cranking on the cravat hold. Ono trying to work on escape. Has a leg. Ilya breaks free, though. But Ono eventually gets the arm drag and gets out of it. He starts spinning up. Ono catches Ilya, but Ilya flails so hard, he topples Ono over in the process. Goes for the cover and surprisingly gets a two count. And Ilya goes for that cravat hold once more. Ilya knees out hard. Oh, no, I should say knee out hard. Chopping Ilya in the process, Ilya just asks for more. It's a little crazy. A little crazy, but ain't nothing wrong with it, though. If you can back it up. Ilya, Ono then goes for the leg. Ilya uses it to step over and knee Ono right in the face region, then drops the senton. Fans getting crazy. Fans start firing up behind Ilya as he goes for the cravat hold. Once again, Ono powering his way up to a corner. Referee starts the five count. Ilya lets off to run back in, but he eats a knee from Ono. Then tosses Ilya out to the apron, pulls him onto the ropes, and then right into the ring post. The ref reprimanding Ono, but he just pulls on Ilya's arm even more. He realizes that Lariat is a beast. The 6-1 Lariat, or the 6-1 line, as Nigel affectionately called it. Um, is a is an actual big deal, and of course that Moscow uh, submarine finisher, I believe that's the name of it. If I'm wrong, let me know. But that finisher that he has involves that arm, so he has he. They don't call him a wrestling genius for nothing. He doesn't call himself the wrestling genius for nothing either. So after he, uh, as Ilya gets the crossbars, he boots Ilya down. He keeps on that arm though between the ropes, despite what the referee is telling him. He arm drags Ilya from the ropes and now has the cording hold on him. Ilya endures the knee in his face, fights back up. Ono, though, keeps him down. Ilya starts, gets up, stands, and fights at the hold of Ono kicking his legs out. He then gets a standing key lock. Ilya gets to the ropes and shoves Ono off. Ilya elbowing away at Ono and then booting him down. Ono staggering. Ilya then runs, but Ono sends him right into the ropes. Ilya is dazed. Ono drags him in. Now, when he sent it into the ropes, it was a very scary moment for me. Um, literally, when he threw him into the ropes, I think it's like his chin caught the middle rope and just knocked him down completely. It wasn't like the uh, the Enzo Amore shot when he got clapped right in the face and just cut, got himself straight up unconscious. But it was kind of close to that, but it still dazed him a good amount. 
Referee stops Ono for a moment before Ono drops the leg on Ilya Dragunov and gets it. And surprisingly, he got a two count out of that. Ilya, though, he's in trouble. Ono kicks him right into the ropes. He get glaring up at Ono, but Ono is on the arm with a knuckle lock. He tries to fight Ono off, clubbing away at Ono's chest. He gets free, runs, but his Tiger Fink get, gets a boot for his troubles. He then drags Ilya up, locking the arm, and then spins right through for a falling arm breaker. Goes for the cover again and gets the two count. He keeps on the wrist. Fans start rallying behind Ilya again. Ono brings him back up for a wrist lock, goes for the sleeper hold. Ilya pries out of that hold, turns around, but Ono reels him in for a face lock. He then passes through, gets the hammer lock to himself. Ilya resisting the super, uh, the suplex, powering out of the hold, but Ono decks him with a mean right hand but on, and then clubs away on Ilya's back. Ono goes for the hammer lock again, but Ilya pops out, and the strength of Ilya Dragunov, ladies and gentlemen, is just second to none, man. He hit, he, he, he suplexed him. Now, mind you, Ono is 275. Not fronting. He is 275. And he hit that, and he hit that suplex like he was 175. Ono, both men are down. Fans are going bananas for this main event. Ono then crawls to Ilya. Ilya heads for him. Ono gets the wrist again as the two stand up. He works the wrist lock, even egging Ono on. Ilya then hits a backspin, hits the chop on the chest, then throws slapping palm strikes, gets the arm rigger. Ono is floundering at this point. Ilya then runs in for the big corner clothesline, goes from corner to corner, and hits a second, keeps moving, stays standing from the lariat. He tries again. It's not enough. Ilya goes for another one. Ono then clubs the clothesline away. Off comes the armband. Ilya ducks it. Finally, it's a left lariat, but he's shaking from that, from the shot that he took and the damage they took earlier on in the match. He then runs, hits the 6-1 line, goes for the cover, and only gets a two count. My goodness. So, going, getting a little bit further into the matchup. After the twisting slam from Ono, Ono stands. Ono starts mocking Unbisi Bar. His corner taunt before he hits the Moscow tor- the Torpedo Moscow. His finishing move is what they actually call it. Gets a kick. Hits a rolling elbow right into the Instagram. Ilya goes to the waist lock. Ono pries the grip apart. But Ilya, with that strength, brings it right back around his waist. Hits a German suplex. Fans are going bananas. Now, I believe Ono was at the outside. Ilya dives to the outside. He hits the outside. Ono gets Ono. He gets Ono back in. Climbs up to the top rope. He aims, goes for the hits the missile drop kick. Goes for the cover. Gets a two count. He thought it was over, but he won't give up. He's not gonna give up. Ilya goes back to the corner, going back up to the top ropes. Ono stomps him with a boot to the bad hand, a jab right to the head. Ilya slumped over. Ono gets up, climbs up now. He cravats Ilya. Looked like he was going for the cravat suplex off the top rope, but Ilya fights him off. He club. He clubs at Ono. Climbs, goes for the sunset flip power bomb, but it didn't work. Ono shrugging it off. It looked like you ain't got nothing on me, bro. But somehow, Ilya has him up on his shoulders, away from the top rope, hits the power bomb. One, two. Ono kicked out at two. Ilya is shocked. Plymouth, England going ridiculously ape shit for this portion of the matchup. Ilya goes back up top. Referee using this ref as a shield. Heel tactics galore. My heart was just singing. 
phrases for Uno for this one. He was literally ducking, duking, moving around, using the referee as a shield so we couldn't see and Ilya didn't get a good shot at him. Ilya hesitated because of it. Uno shoves him right into the post. Ilya arm already damaged, throws him right into the post. Back into the ring, hits the Dream Crusher elbow. One, two, and Ilya Dragunov's zero is now gone. Cassius Ono is the first man to beat Ilya Dragunov in NXT UK. This was a great matchup. This is a very, very, very good episode. I was very happy with everything that went down in this episode, man. Um, Webster, of course, trying to fight for the UK Tag Team Championships, beating Mark Hoppy. Now, Andrews has to finish off the job facing Wolfgang to make the title match a triple threat. And I couldn't see, I don't see anything wrong with having uh, Webster and Andrews in NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. I mean, it's literally in their hometown. Who wouldn't want to see the hometown boys come back and possibly win the NXT UK Tag Team Championships? Coffee vs. Massive, last man standing. That's going to be bananas. That's going to be fucking nuts. Banks-Williams was a really good matchup. And Dar was surprisingly better at commentating than I thought he was going to be. Just He just belittled him the entire time. Give me one second. Just some water. And it looks like we're going to get... And it looks like at this point, which is two weeks to go until Cardiff, it looks like it's going to be Travis Banks versus Noam Dar. Wouldn't surprise me one bit whatsoever. Um, Tony Storm's promo, I loved. I enjoyed it going from like really hyped for TakeOver Cardiff, but then going immediately depressed afterward. You know, maybe thinking that maybe she does know her better than she really does. Um, Dawn versus Samuels, uh, I mean, def- of course it was filler. But it was really nice to see them, you know, back in the swing of things in terms of, you know, keeping relevance of the uh, tag, of the tag division, Jesus Christ, of the women's division in NXT UK. The Walter segment was fucking awesome. Um, the way he did it was fucking effective. You know, showing that, you know, as they say on uh, the chair shot uh, for Mitchell's uh, UK report, uh, his insult, this, this is what he, this is basically what he said, and I quote, that was a rather effective segment from Walter. He comes off like a tyrant as his heel persona. His insult that goofing off is what British wrestlers do and being serious is what European wrestlers do. I doubt anything too serious happens in their face-to-face next week with Eichner and Bartel busy with a match. Bate can easily get away if Walter tries something or Bate could even make Walter back off by putting up a fight. But I still don't see Walter losing the title in Cardiff. Not just yet. I mean, end quote. But yeah, he's definitely right in saying that. Um, basically saying, you know, that's what British wrestlers do. This is what we don't do. We don't do this. We do this shit over here. I mean, their catchphrase is simple. The matter is sacred. You know, we uphold the values of professional wrestling as they are. Even though, even though they're straight up fucking heels and they just see things a little differently than everyone else does. It bees what it bees. What I do, what I did like, really, really like, was that Ono was the first one to defeat Ilya Dragunov. I was, it was a very shocked victory. I actually had the idea of Ilya Dragunov defeating Ono 
um, as they even said in their match, was the biggest test to date in NXT UK, and rightfully so. Ono's now the first man to beat Dragunov, so it's going to make you wonder what Ilya Dragunov would have to do after this loss. How he's going to take it and how he's going to be preparing himself going forward so he doesn't get a second loss anytime soon. But this could lead to a few, nice little feud as well post-takeover. Um, I do like that. I do like the fact that they keep doing, you know, they have feuds already set up for after NXT UK. After Cardiff, they got some things set up. You already got Dragon off, uh, you know, Ono, um, Nibin versus Ripley. You've already got that set up. Um, who knows what the tag team division could look like afterwards. We've got The Hunt versus Gallus, Imperium actually next week um, with Eichner and Bartel facing off against uh, the Wild Boar and uh, Primate. That's going to be a very fun tag team matchup to watch, especially as we're heading towards TakeOver Cardiff. And a lot of things are getting set up already to get us ready for after TakeOver Cardiff. And that's always a big plus um, for, a lot, for a lot of reasons. The one biggest reason is you already want to have things set in motion. You already want to kind of have things ready long term. So, okay, let's say, you know, let's just hypothetically say Walter beats Tyler Bitt. Okay, bang, we got to figure out, okay, who can we get next in line for a title shot? Who's going to be the next guy in line to actually take on Walter? You know, what's going to be Jordan Devlin doing? What's Travis Banks and Noam Dar going to do after if they have a match to take over? What's going to be the next move for them? Dragunov now lost to Ono. I'm sure D- D- Dragunov wants retribution for o- from that loss to Ono. He wants to get another shot at him. Everything, lots of things are being set in motion for after TakeOver Cardiff, and that's always a plus. And that's how NXT and NXT UK always get it right. They always have things in motion already set up. With NXT, you already have Jordan Miles winning the breakout tournament. Now he gets a shot at either, uh, I was, I'm just assuming Adam Cole's Velveteen Dream and the Street Profits. He has that choice. You know, what's Adam Cole going to do now? Street Profits, uh, Street Profits Undisputed Era is probably going to happen again because of the illegal uh, man being pinned. Um, Dar- Dunn is now going after Dream for the North American Championship. So I would say Dunn and Dream may be the next title feud that comes up for uh, Velveteen Dream. So they have a lot of things set up right now on both sides of the Atlantic with NXT and NXT UK. And it's always a plus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was your NXT UK review. We're going to take a short break, get a little something, something from our sponsor and get you ready for episode 98 of the Young Lions Perspective. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 97 of the Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, like I say, I can't be sure to every single one of you. If you enjoyed this episode, you guys can tell a friend, tell a friend about it. That can share this entire episode across all of your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, Facebook Messenger, your Bumble, your Tumblr. Even though they're going through some issues right now with the thottery on there, but still you can send it out anyway. Your LinkedIn profile, your Tinder, and let the people know, especially on the road, since we are two weeks away from the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2019, that the Young Lions Perspective is your alternative professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay.
Now, if you do not have the Anchor app and you still want to check out this episode of the podcast and the other 96 episodes of The Young Lion's Perspective, including four episodes of The Secret Files and four episodes of Outside the Ropes, including my interview with Instagod's author, Sonny Arvado. And once again, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out that episode. You can still find this podcast and every episode involved with the entire YLP universe itself on several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective across all of those platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to give me your opinion on today's episode or what you're thinking, what your thoughts are in WWE, AEW, New Japan, all that good stuff, do not hesitate to send me a voice message. Go to anchor.com, anchor.fm, I should say, slash Young Lions Perspective, and sound off. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what your thoughts are about this episode. And maybe, just maybe, I may put that voice message in a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective. Now, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective, when I'm going to be doing live tweeting for certain shows, when I'm going to be posting any, if I post anything on uh, my social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R capital W capital W capital I. I do live tweeting for SmackDown Live because, as always, Raw is still trash, regardless if they have a 2.7 on their rating or not. NXT, almost forgot there. NXT, NXT UK, AEW, and especially for every AEW on TNT. Every live WWE pay-per-view, and if I have nothing else better to do at 2 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, I will definitely be live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to check me out on Instagram, which is the mothership of everything that is YLP, you can follow me there at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. Episode 98, and the fact that we're inching closer to 100 episodes is just mind-boggling to me. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I can't explain it. But we'll get there when we get there. Episode 98. We'll be coming your way next week. I would probably say sometime between either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm trying to figure everything out. So Tuesday or Wednesday, you'll be getting episode 98 of the Young Lions Perspective. Episode 99 will be coming your way on Thursday. Of course, you know we'll be talking about NXT I'm going to try to see if we're going to do NXT, NXT UK. Let's try to get it all in one episode because you know in a couple weeks' time we are going to be getting episode 100. And I want that to be a very special episode of the Young Lions Perspective. I want it to be, of course, the week of what I call the greatest day of professional wrestling in 2019, that being August 31st. So I want to get it sometime in between the week of episode 100 will be a full-on preview and predictions episode of all AEW All Out, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest, and NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. And I'm looking at August 26th or 27th, and depending on how I want to get things going with that. So those are the next three episodes of the Young Lions Perspective coming your way. Of course, you know Secret File episodes may be dropping. You, may, you know I may drop in episodes of Outside the Ropes. Sometime soon, I'll keep you guys informed with that. But until next week, episode 98 of the Young Lions Perspective, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will talk soon. See ya!